TV, online, and on Break This Heart, Say You'll Love Me Again. Ooh, wrong session. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Coming up on today's show, more Twitch. I thought this was our last week with nothing to talk about, and that TV shows are on again next week, but that's not next week. Don't worry about it. We've got one more week to get through, and then we go on summer break for a few weeks. When we come back from summer break, the TV shows are back as well. We're in perfect synchronicity once again. Ah, so it's just one more episode of the show until TV shows are back on. Yes. I'm so easily confused. That is James Hardigan, by the way. He is my work wife. I wake up with him every day, especially on Wednesdays. (laughs) So I did another Twitch stream, and uh, to talk more Twitch later on, Mount, Mount, Mountain, Matt Broughton, the mountain, the mountain, Matt Broughton, Broughton, Matt Broughton, he has a hard name to pronounce, I should know it by now, Matt Broughton on later on, part of the EPT Live commentary team, and my Twitch buddy, I did an out of town comedy gig over the weekend, I did a gig for, for some real people, some real poker fans, some real human beings you went out into what we call the heartland you went out of london you went beyond the m25 circle into the midlands they call it the black country and i will explain to you why later on uh also <laughs> no ebt's happening right now but there's some uh, wsop news we're going to talk about another edition of superfan versus stapes but for right now, James Hardigan's got last week's tweets. Yes, because the bizarre thing is, even though you make a big thing at the start of every show and have done for the last two weeks, that there are no live events, yep. there are no TV shows, mm-hmm. there's nothing to talk about. For some insane reason, we're producing the longest podcasts we've ever produced when there are weeks where there's nothing to talk about. Because we're overcompensating. Precisely. I know a lot about that. Precisely. So we're going to try and rein it in a little bit this week, but... People seem to like the long shows. This is James' way of telling me, don't talk so much, dum-dum. <laughs> let's, Simon, get, let's get the fuck out of here. Simon Baker, not the mentalist, who has appeared on this show in the Supervan vs. Stape segment, he tweeted to say that this week's episode, or rather last week's episode, what we'll call episode 10, was Simon's favourite. He says, big Jason Somerville and Run It Up fan, not long to go until the new episode. Uh, Zach thought the highlight was Stapes verbally assaulting his brand new piece of (laughs) shit computer. It's the type of finesse I've come to love. Finesse is a good word for it. All the finesse of a sledgehammer. Of course, that problem with your brand new MacBook occurred during the tail end of the Superfan versus Stapes competition. Yeah. Uh, We saw Glenn Webber from Canada succeed, despite not knowing that Mike McDonald was the runner-up to Dominic Panker. I know. How do you're a bad Canadian... Uh, Anthony Charter at Anthony WTF says the fact that a Canadian superfan didn't get the Mike McDonald question right is brutal. Remove yourself from Canada. That right there, that is a good Canadian. But luckily, we got something for all you Canadians coming up later in the show. I love the fact, by the way, you've triggered the Canadian national anthem again. You're going to risk it after last week. Is this going to go on for another two minutes? Oh, because I couldn't turn it off, right? This is the thing that started it in the first place. Holy shit, I don't know. Let's try it. Canada, if this works, I'm sorry. It worked. Hurrah. <laughs> um, Jake Fesakanin. Fesakanin. 
at Twiggy220. He is volunteering, or rather submitting his application for Superfan versus Stapes. He said, I should be a Superfan because I have never asked once why there are no whole cards on the live stream. I was going to ask you for a ruling on this guy, actually, because it's a little bit sort of like asking for the prize, which we don't really like. But we do tell people to give us their reasons. Well, there are people who are on the list. Uh, there are people who are at the top end of the list, and there are people who are at the lower end of the list. Let's just say Jake is not at the top end of the list. But he's on the list. Yeah. Which I'm is not going to exclude him from okay, the list. Okay, yeah, I mean, he got mentioned. Your name, we, we, your name is out there now. Uh, i tell you who's working his way up the list. Okay. And that is John Barry, not to be confused with movie da, 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 film da, da, composer da, da, John da, da, Barry or da, the late da, da, movie da, production da, da, designer da, da, da. John Barry. John Barry says, Assimilation complete. My girlfriend comes in from nowhere and sings, Everyone loves a chop pot. Ah, hell yeah. Not even a poker fan, but she is now singing the chop pot song. So... That, I think, puts John Barry in contention for a, a T-shirt, so we should definitely look him up for our competition. James, we like uh, we like that we make the ladies sing. We're making the ladies sing. Now, I promised our executive producer that we would not talk about Star Wars this week. That's so okay. So we won't, but I will just read one Star Wars-related tweet, which is Michael, who says, I feel terrible for not having watched Star Wars. Off to sort it out before the next podcast. I shamed Michael... I shamed Varun. I shamed every adult out there who has not yet seen the original trilogy. They're acting on it. What? Surprise, Panda. Very surprised there's anyone out there that hasn't seen Star Wars yet. Uh, we, you did promise our boss that we wouldn't talk about Star Wars, but we didn't promise her we wouldn't revisit another topic. I want to revisit the topic of the bathrooms here real quick. I was just... And it's in a good way. Don't worry, Giles. Don't worry. He's like bracing himself. Giles, our audio engineer, gets very upset when the issue of the bathrooms is raised because he's had some unfortunate encounters in there. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Just witnessing weird behavior. Well, it's a little like that. I mean, not not in a sexual way, but probably grosser. I mean, some of the stuff he's seen is grosser. Um, I didn't really want to talk about anything gross necessarily, except for the fact that, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you, you feel there's one on deck, but then you're running around. No, I don't really have that feeling until after I've consumed breakfast and had a cup of coffee. Which you do at home. Okay, but so I kind of had that feeling today. And then I was thinking to myself, man, I would really love to just do it here because I can't think of a time when I didn't poop at Poker Stars. Like, and I, I realized, like, I seriously, I've pooped almost every time I've ever been in the building. And I realized it's because the bathrooms are so nice here. Like, people use them more. Right. They get way more usage. And so I was like, just wishing, I was like, I can't think of another bathroom in the world that I prefer to my home bathroom. <laughs> like, I'll stop by sometimes if I'm just hanging out in Piccadilly Circus or Leicester Square, I'll be in a little rumbly in the tumbly. I'll bring my ID on the weekend just so I can get in here. That is an abuse of the PokerStars facilities. I mean, but the thing is, I probably treat it better than most other people do too. That may it's be like true. most of my women, like I'll use them on the weekend when probably when I shouldn't. <laughs> But then I treat them real nice. Oh, I don't I, leave them. I don't leave them any worse condition than I found them. If that only that was just a, a joke. little wear and tear. Also, you know, I, you know, we've been talking about how there's uh, not a lot going on. I felt like I had no time this week, even though we're not we're not doing anything. I just felt like so busy, and I think part of it is that like I, I'm crushing on someone right now. I got a crush, and I think I'm daydreaming a lot and just concocting ways to sort of to sort of figure out ways to impress her. And so, uh, do you remember, um, it, it sucks when you care, like, because I actually care right now, right? 
do you remember when I was like chasing after Gail for three years? Then I didn't really care that much. So I had my brain power was free. I just want to pause this conversation and remind you that the last time you revealed that you were keen on a girl on this podcast, you utterly jinxed that relationship. I know. I know I jinxed it. And the thing is, I actually did something real dumb over the weekend and tell you guys about later. Um, no, I'll tell you now. It doesn't matter. On my way home from the gig over the weekend, I sent her the longest text message I've ever sent anyone in my entire life. Were you by any chance drunk? No, I was completely sober. Oh dear, that makes it worse. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, hey, like uh, this is a text about us. She was like, how was your night? And so I just wrote like a really long story about everything that had happened the night before. So at 7.15, I showed up. 7.16, I purchased a drink. Was it that kind of- Yeah, like, but it was funny. But it was funny. It was clever. It was like that, but like with more David Sedaris. Okay. In it. Was it appreciated? No. It went unresponded to for 72 hours. And I was like, hey, did that text freak you out? And she wrote back, yeah, a little. <laughs> uh, but the only the only reason I brought up Gail, one last thing, is that Bram, right? Gail from, uh, from uh, Belgium. Bram is like the Belgian country manager or whatever. He just posted on Facebook. He fell for the today is the day that Marty McFly goes back in time, goes into the future meme you know it's like a meme right oh yes yeah I've, I've, so like every single day some knucklehead posts this because someone has photoshopped it to be today bear in mind as i said many weeks ago i am making a active effort to stop watching shit on the internet therefore i'm probably not as familiar with this meme as many other people Ben, i mean how long has this meme been around for like five years i mean something it's been going on since like 2011 like this is the date marty mcfly travels to um and so bram just posted it today and i'm shocked i'm just completely shocked that he hasn't seen it yet like not that you'd know it's a meme but that you haven't gone haven't i haven't i seen Joe, this before Joe, one word one word belgium okay yeah belgium all right fair enough hey let's do a little news What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. Big round of applause, Philip Helmuth Jr. 14 World Series of Poker bracelets. How amazing is that? I don't have I'm looking for applause on my soundboard and I don't have it because Gilly's not here, so we'll just we'll just play the laugh track instead. This is Phil Helmuth laughing in the face of all of his critics. The bizarre thing is, we had a chat on Monday and we said you know, how much we want to talk about the World Series this week? We talked about the Colossus payouts and the uh, um, the Aria guy buying into the wrong tournament. Look, it's the other team we're only going to talk about the biggest things that happen. Well, it's, it's, it's not just that, but I also feel that there are plenty of other places covering this and one thing True. I would say is yeah. the guys who do the 2 plus 2 poker casts, they're doing awesome work covering the World they Series. They care about the World Series of Poker. So if you want results, if you want the stories there, you can listen to that show as well as us. We're only going to touch on the real, really big stuff. And Helmuth winning bracelet number 14 is absolutely huge. Yeah, this is something that, uh, you know, some, I take a little flack for sometimes. I tr I really do think that Phil Helmuth Jr. is the greatest of all time. Like, yeah, I've, I tweeted to him, I think last year he won a different another bracelet, or was it the year before? Um, I mean, this is uh, not long since his last bracelet. And I, I he is the greatest tournament poker player of all time like how can you how can you argue with that it's especially um huge field no limit tournaments now this bracelet wasn't in it was Raz. It was Raz. But the guy just knows how to win bracelets. Like, you can't argue with that. And so I'm super proud of him. I love Phil. Always have. I think he gets a lot of guff that he probably shouldn't. Uh, and a lot of guff that he probably should. But uh, 
Yes, congratulations, buddy boy. I don't know if it's possible to say that there is one single player who is the greatest tournament player of all time. There's probably like a, a little group of them. Uh, there's certainly a conversation to be had about who deserves that accolade. Another name I would certainly throw into that mix is Daniel Negreanu. Yeah, definitely. On the subject of Daniel Negreanu, big announcement from Daniel in the last seven days. Daniel Negreanu here at Real Sports in Toronto. Love this place, it's awesome. So awesome that I'm gonna throw a kick-ass party here this summer where we're gonna have entertainment, drinks, the whole deal. If you wanna be at this party, what you're gonna have to do is follow along at PokerStars for information, keep yourself updated. He left out a very important point. Yeah. We're gonna be there. We are going to be there. I don't think he knew that at the time, but uh, yeah, we are going to be there. That was weird how I found that, by the way. I was just like kicking around. The, I was looking for something, looking for stuff. Oh, we're just going to watch EPT Malta 11 Final Table Show. It's just on YouTube next after this. You need to turn that thing off. Should we just sit here and watch it? All right, fine. We'll continue with the show. Anyway, so um, so I was just kicking around the PokerStars YouTube page because I wanted, I was actually looking for footage of myself. I wanted to see where my Twitch stream was was posted, if, if they put it on YouTube. And then I was like, announcement from Daniel. And it only had like 20 views. And I was like, 20 views? I'm like, this could be hot off the presses. And it was. It was hot off the presses. But then a couple days later, he put out a second, he put out a second video. So I told you earlier that I was going to rent out real sports and throw a party. Well, now it's official. August 1st, we're going to rent this whole place out. Drinks on me, entertainment, the whole nine. If you want to be here, go to PokerStars and get your tickets now. And to me, I didn't really see a point to that second one. It kind of says the same stuff. And it, yeah. to me, it seems like when someone's like real desperate for you to come to the party, <laughs> like he just put out a second video, right? Like, just a reminder, guys, like I'm still having a party on August 1st. It's still open bars. still EPT Malta 11 playing afterward. YouTube, yeah, guys. So just so, you uh, know, there is a thing where you can disable the play next. I don't, thing. I don't, I don't do stuff on the internet. I don't get the internet in general. But yeah, he's like, so if you guys want to just come to my party, like, did I mention it's free food and drinks? Like that was like a day later that video came out. This all seemed very, uh, very desperate to me. I mean, I still think this thing's obviously going to be a sellout. I think it's worth mentioning, by the way, that this is mainly a party, mainly a promotion for PokerStars players in Canada. All of the various uh, tournaments and qualifying routes are purely for Canadian players. But if you're really keen to go to Toronto, you can buy a ticket directly from the PokerStars VIP store. And these tickets are available to anyone anywhere in the world as long as you've got Silver Star status and as long as you've got the FPPs to buy the ticket. That's really cool. So a lot of you guys can come, can come hang with us. Now, what are, we're working though, right? Uh, according to... To the official description oh, on the PokerStars promotions page. Cool. We are. Uh, we are the masters of ceremonies for the evening. Masters of ceremonies. Now, there is going to be a 50K celebrity charity shootout, sit and go. Uh, one member of the VIP audience is going to get to take part in this sit and go alongside Daniel and some celebrity names, some of his uh, big name chums. I think we're going to be providing live commentary on that. They have also asked us to be the TDs of that event. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get to see Jimmy the Bastard in action. Wow, Jimmy the Bastard coming out of retirement. Because when I run my home game, I run it ruthlessly. This story checks out so hard. You act out of turn, penalty. You throw in a single big chip, that's a call, not a raise. I don't care if you knew that rule or not. Don't worry, my babies. Uncle Daddy's going to be there, too. Uncle Daddy's going to smooth things over. A little good cop, bad cop. But We're yeah, it sounds... I, I mean, I, I don't know how much is going to be work and how much is going to be play for us. Uh, obviously, looking forward to meeting 
all of the EPT fans, all the fans of the TV shows we do and live streams who are going to be at this venue. Uh, Daniel keeps banging on about the free drinks. There's also going to be a DJ, obviously, performing. Daniel, to be fair, for a guy who's completely loaded, Daniel does love an open bar. <laughs> uh, video and arcade games. We know Daniel likes those as well. But also this new documentary, which we trailed in Monaco. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. It's on the PokerStars YouTube channel. Kid Poker is the name of the documentary. The trailer is up there. That is going to be screened for this VIP audience at this night at Daniel's Summer Party on the 1st of August. Uh, so Daniel uh, d- doesn't mention, I don't think, that, uh, that there's a way you can win your way if yeah. you're Canadian. Though. Assuming that you are a Canadian PokerStars player. Yeah, you have to be Canadian. And so I figured... What better way to attract Canadians to participate in this than for them to have their very own commercial? We here at Poker Stars would like to invite all of Canada to the best party of the summer, eh? It's Daniel Negreanu's birthday party, and there's more things Canadian here than you can shake a maple leaf at, eh? Maple syrup shooters. An Alan Thicke tribute band. And uh, see, we're going to have a curling tutorial from uh, curling legend Ron Northcott. Appearances by Bob and Doug. Not Mackenzie, eh, but just uh, two, two guys named uh, Bob and Doug. Kids in the Hall sketch reenactments. A performance by the Royal Canadian Mounted Justin Biebers. Martin Short, third cousin. Ryan Gosling's latest movie on DVD on a projector also don't forget about our Canadian inspired cocktails eh the Long Island iced tea ice snow job shots white Canadians you can keep your screwdriver because we've got be nice drivers here in Canada and of course your fanciest cocktail of all Labatt's free entry for anyone wearing hockey skates And plenty of food too, eh? Pea soup, Canadian bacon, all catered by Tim Hortons. Yum. And of course, you can't have a party for Daniel Negreanu without a tournament. But it's not a poker tournament, no. Oh, no, 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 this is truly Canadian. A tournament of apologies. Sorry. So come on out and celebrate. Celebrate the day Daniel Negreanu's parents first played It Sure Is Cold Out, eh? Daniel Negreanu's birthday party. August 1st, Real Sports Toronto. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you can only win your way into this party if you're a Canadian resident. Hey, so the rest of you frig off, okay? You hosers. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I was only kidding, eh? But, uh, but seriously, Canadians only. That's pokerstars.com, eh? I didn't even know .com A was a thing, eh? Are are you saying it's .com-A? Are you saying it's .com-A? So uh, we mentioned uh, that I did another Twitch stream this week, so I finally have some new content to talk about there, and I wasn't sure whether it should go in the TV recap section or the Adventures in Online Poker section. TV Recap. Adventures in Online Poker! 
You guys should see the face Hardigan's making right now. He hates the fact that I just played. His his old school radio sensibilities can't handle the fact that there's two stagers playing right now. I'm joining that dude. I'm listening to the podcast on mute for now. <laughs> see, oh, one of them was longer than the other. Oh, thank God for that. The cacophony is over. So yeah, Heist Tapes Poker, episode number two. I have to apologize, Joe. Not only did I not watch this live, because I'm really into Deadwood. I've discovered Deadwood. Deadwood is magic. It's absolutely amazing. I'm only like four episodes in, and I'm absolutely hooked. The first episode, how just fucking incredible is it? I'm really... I mean, obviously, I know that there's only three seasons of it. There's only 36 episodes, and I know that there's no narrative resolution, because it basically just got cancelled. Yes. So I'm, I'm fully prepared for that. But right here, right now, I don't understand why or how this show didn't go the distance. Well, you know, all shows, it's probably tough to to maintain that level. But it, I, I don't really think it ever really stumbled, to be honest, in the three seasons I watched. I guess it just never found an audience. And even HBO, which really commits to like yeah. lo- the long-term story arcs and multi-season dramas, I guess even they sometimes feel they have to pull the plug on things. You know, sometimes uh, this, sounds, this is a really, sounds really douchey, a very gauche thing to say, but uh, like sometimes audiences just aren't ready. And I'm not sure that we we didn't really have the refined TV palette that everyone has now. I think if that show were on now, it would fare a lot better. I mean, even then, we're talking about the mid-2000s. We're talking about 10 years ago. It's not like we're going back several decades. This was still the era of The Sopranos. This was the era of The Wire. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to make excuses for it. Another show that's likely to get canceled before it hits its prime, High Stapes Poker. Really? Yeah. Uh, I I appreciate the replay function is available, but again, I've been distracted by so many things. Despite my best efforts to stop watching shit on the internet, and I don't put high stakes poker in this category. Someone introduced me to this YouTube video of a baby telling a monkey to fuck off, and I just cannot stop watching it. That sounds like I, I mean, if I knew that existed, that this show probably would have happened this week because <laughs> I'd still be watching the video of the baby telling the monkey to fuck off. Now, obviously, one of the controversial points of episode one of High Stapes Poker was hold cards up with no delay. Yeah. I'm assuming things changed. We had some changes. We had some changes for episode two. First of all, no Elena. Elena couldn't make it. No grill. No grill. No hot grill in the stream. Um... That's right. No hold cards. We were. I was not allowed to show hold cards this time, so I was forced to get like to get a little creative. And I did something that I gotta tell you, James. I'm just completely in love with myself. Over. You know, everyone like my ego is healthy most of the time. And every once in a while, I do something that I just I just love of myself. Yes. And so on my broadcaster, what you do to put like uh, to put th- things up there, you have you have like your little background, right? I'm gonna show you. Here, what it looks like. You have your little background, and then all these things are like different layers, okay? Right. So, like the lobby is a layer, and this little zoom ad is a layer. And then, what do you see hanging off in the distance right there? Uh, hole cards. They're hole cards, but it's a it's a screenshot, right? It's a screenshot of two aces. Screenshot of two aces. So what I did was I took a screen. Well, I photoshopped it. I had to wait. I had to play a bunch of hands. Take a photo of an ace on the right side. A photo when I had an ace on the left side. Put the two photos together because I couldn't wait for pocket aces. Uh, put the two photos together and then I cut it out perfectly <laughs> to fit as a card capper no. over my cards. So it looked like I was getting dealt pocket aces every single hand. It was fucking hilarious. And people would come into the room and go, this guy's gotten aces three times in a <laughs> row. 
And so it was like one of those party games you play where like everyone's in on the joke and then the next person who comes into the party walks in and is like, something's weird here. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Why does that guy keep getting aces? Why did that guy just open muck aces? And then everyone just lets him like ride it out for a minute and then they tell him and then he's part of the gang. He's in on the joke. And then the next guy comes in. So there were so many amazing moments of people coming into the chat and uh, and just noticing this. How many times did you think you actually had aces? How many? Oh, I confused myself a bunch of times, <laughs> especially when I would go back to watch it on the broadcaster <laughs> uh, because I wanted to see what everything was looking like. I definitely fooled myself a bunch of times. And the other thing is I was doing the Zoom challenge where w every time you win a hand with pocket aces... Uh, you you accumulate like these bonus points that you can use in a tournament later, and I was like, yes, no, no, wait, no, I don't have aces. Oh, damn it, god damn it. So I ended up. So to be clear, you never knew what you had. You weren't looking at your own whole. No, cards. I was also looking at my whole cards oh, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, like so, I had you know, it was the function where you can have your whole cards yeah, face yeah. down. I was I was doing that, um, but yes, I was looking at my whole cards. A lot of the time, to be honest, which is really embarrassing um, because I've lost a lot. Like I lost four or five buy-ins playing Zoom. I lost like I, I just started to start playing some tournaments. And what happened was um, I lost my first buy-in on like a bad beat, you know, getting getting good and losing. And then after that, I just played so bad. Is this poker stars money or joe stapleton money uh, i went i went through all the poker stars money and then defiantly started going through joe stapleton money after that so poker stars gave me a hundred pounds which i equate to like about like 150 bucks that's gone yeah that's gone i lost probably 250 on the night maybe a three ball um because i was just like bound and determined to keep playing and last the three hours so a couple things happened. I did get a little constructive criticism from people on Twitch. If you go back and watch this, watch the live stream, um, I freak out a couple times with people. I'm like, shut up! Shut up! I don't care! I don't care what your stupid little theory is here. I'm just playing to have fun. Leave me alone. And my point was that really, if someone doesn't want your advice playing poker, don't give it to them. Don't give it to them. Let them, let them play. Let them have fun. So this was constructive criticism about your actual poker play, not about the stream itself. No, about poker play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, everyone's a fucking armchair analyst. Right. But the thing is, I'm sure they were right some of the time. I just, that's not the kind of game I want to play. I just want to have fun. It's like when you, you ever- go your circus, your monkeys. My circus, my monkeys. Have you ever gone bowling before? Yeah. Have you ever gone with someone that like knew what they were doing and they're like constantly trying to show you like- well, you should stand here and take your first step, and you're like, "Fuck it, fuck off!" Like, leave me alone. Yeah, not every time I've been bowling, I've never been sober, and no one gives a shit about anything. Right? If there was one guy there trying to tell you like proper, he form, would probably get a bowling ball to the head. Exactly. Like some people just like to go and fuck around and not not know what they're doing and just have a good time. Like I don't like being critiqued during sex. Just leave me alone. I'm having a good time here. This is about my experience. Is, is this someone who's watching or someone who's participating? Both. I mean, it doesn't matter if it could be from the chat. It could be from. <laughs> it could be from a passerby. Uh, so yeah, so we lost a lot of money, um, and I did. I did like a little music video recap of my Twitch, but it's four and a half minutes long, and the quality of it's not great. So I'm gonna stick it at the end of the show. If you guys want to listen to it, it's fine. Uh, just the audio quality ended up being not very good for my part. But uh, if you guys want to listen to it, a quick little recap to some cool rock music, stay tuned at the end of the show. Well, talking of constructive criticism, Joe, and this is actually about the stream itself, we're obviously still hell-bent on making High Stapes Poker the best quality product that it can possibly be. Yeah. And I appreciate that that is a hard task. 
But last week we got some tips from Jason Somerville, the ultimate PokerStars caster. That's hot. This week we're ramping it up a notch. We're actually going to bring in someone who we're calling a professional Twitch consultant. He's someone who knows a lot about poker. He knows a lot about video games. And he knows a lot about live streaming because he is the other member of the EPT Live team. We welcome to EPT Not Live for the first time, Matt Broughton, the waster. I know, this is very exciting for me. I, I cannot wait to get involved in this show. I've been a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, He's I've, actually... I've got a lot of time. He actually is a really big fan of this show. Like, Matt and I get together, as you know, to do some Twitch streaming of other stuff, non-poker related, and, like, we always talk about the podcast for a little bit. And, Matt, that's really sweet of you, actually, uh, that he genuinely likes it. <laughs> Oh no! I, honestly, I mean, I don't even have to say this is a shill. I think it's, I think it's probably my favourite output of all the stuff that comes out from PokerStars. Not just because you get to swear, but because you know, I think I've always enjoyed the stories behind the stories. You know, poker is lovely to broadcast, but actually, it's always the journeys and the trips and the the, the long car journeys to Deauville and the players and the bars. The fact and that I we think, mention your name a lot probably helps, right? The little well, ego that, rub. That's a little bit of a boost for me because obviously in between EPT gigs, I mostly just lie at home eating cheese puffs. <laughs> so um, that's uh, it's always nice to hear my name mentioned to remind me that I exist. Now, Joe mentioned that you guys have done uh, a few streams together where it's been non-poker content, it's been video games. Now, Matt, I want you to imagine that Joe's not in the room and I want you to critique his Twitch performance. Oh, this shouldn't be a problem for Matt. Well, it depends where to start, really. I mean, obviously, <laughs> from a technical point of view, Joe, Joe is a little bit troublesome um, in that mostly if everything doesn't just work as soon as you turn it on or take it out of the packet, he kind of says, oh, we'll just screw it. We're just not, let's, let's just not bother. Let's just sit here and watch film. Man after my own heart. That is so, 100% true. I mean, I, I think you've already discussed the first time, you know, we went to, to actually stream. It was like, no, it's not going to work. doesn't work. No, that's not working. Let's just go to the movies. And then we, and then we plugged in the camera. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So you kind of have to pretend you're a, a kind of a place where there's lots of three to six-year-old children with uh, the attention span of a milk <laughs> cup. Um, but uh, so that side of things, it's a little bit tricky. You have to kind of take over. Other than that, he's kind of he's kind of great because he'll just keep talking. You know, it, it's one of those American broadcaster skills where even if there's nothing to be said, there's never dead air. Um, but I mean, mostly it's great because. Uh, he's generally the one that doesn't really know what he's doing. And I kind of, obviously I get a kick out of just watching him fail his head against the wall, pressing enter, hoping that it will suddenly open and there'll be some gold inside whatever game we're playing. Basically. Now, the thing that are... makes me really, makes me laugh when we're doing it is that Matt's like very patiently trying to teach me things. And I'm yeah. like, Leroy Jenkins, like just <laughs> running into it. Now, you well know that a couple of weeks ago when you were sat on your sofa playing Worms, yeah, I decided yeah. to tune in to uh, twitch.tv slash Joe Stapes. And literally, as I fire up the stream, the first thing I hear is, yeah, so basically the reason why uh, you know we have the two teams is that you know basically James is now this executive and basically decides when he wants to work and when he doesn't, <laughs> which I took on the chin. I wish I had executive powers, but yes, there's a little bit of truth in that. But then, when asked by someone else in the Twitch chat, where is James today? And Matt Broughton unfairly says, I'm at home being henpecked by my wife. <laughs> I had to create an account and join in the chat because, Matt, I would love to have been at home being henpecked. Instead, I'm in the office sorting out all his shit and getting the podcast out there to the world. 
Wow, you sound very angry, James. But it's understandable. You don't get to play enough video games, I guess. But no. that's that's how me and Matt get listeners. We offend people, and then they have to create an account and join up. Like that's that's one more account in the books for us. It's it's a strategy that me and Joe discussed. We said we should pretend to be so bad at video games that people have to create accounts to say, for God's sake, guys, it's the X button, the X button. Oh, that's true. That the the players do teach us. We we learn. It's like again, it's the chimpanzee thing, James. We learn as much from them as they learn from us. <laughs> Although we have taken it to a bit of an extreme where we end up asking the audience, guys, do you know how we make the camera switch? Oh, it's so other? awkward. We have to sit right on top of each other. <laughs> I quite like that. It had that kind of awkward mid-morning TV show, sofas too small vibe to it. I do think, Matt, I do think one area where we need to maybe improve is that like, so people are like twitching like League of Legends and Call of Duty and you and I are sitting there playing a game that we have to like pass the controller back and forth for. <laughs> Man, it's always school it's the way it's the way we all started playing and, and in the future i think there should be more having to sit right next to each other using just one joystick <laughs> it's it's you know it's how i started playing games and i hope it's how i end playing games well here's the thing matt forget high stakes poker for a moment i think it's fair to say you are probably the most accomplished poker player of the three of us so why are you not creating a poker stream on twitch um it's a good question but i guess because it, my association with Twitch has just always been video games, and I guess as soon as I turn on Twitch, I just see lots of video games and they draw me in, and I kind of I just wonder if it would be interesting enough because again, I don't talk as much as Joe. I don't have lots of random hot chicks just turn up and sit in the background with their mouths open looking <laughs> confused. Um, so I guess I just I watch some poker streaming and I find it a bit dull because there's just nothing but poker, and I'm afraid I need more stimulation than just poker. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe at some point I'll, I'll give it a blast. But right now I've just got too many video game systems with too many games that it would be a waste to not broadcast those instead. What, uh, what, do, you, what do you actually watch like, when you go watch Twitch? Because you were the first person, of certainly of the three of us, to actually watch Twitch like as a thing because like, you enjoy it. When you do do it, what are you watching on there? Oh, gosh, and loads of different stuff. I mean, I primarily use Twitch to help me make decisions about what games I want to play or what games oh, I want to okay. play. So if I was thinking about buying Battlefield Hardline, I would spend some time watching guys playing the single-player campaign. I'd watch guys in teams. Um, uh, it doesn't you know, ruin I'd, it for you, like spoilers? Like you wouldn't rather crack it open and see it for the first time? Yourself? Well, the thing is that I just tend to find if you just land in the middle, some guy might be on level one or he might be on level 20, and you, you are so completely out of context right. that you're just watching the mechanics of the game. How does it look? How difficult does it appear to be to kind of get the, the player to do what you want? So it's just to soak up a bit of a vibe. So I watch a lot of Grand Theft Auto. I watch a lot of Battlefield Hardline, a lot of Hearthstone, which is actually for me to try and pick up tips because I play that myself and... It's great to watch. I guess like the the, the reason the guys watch the poker stuff. You got to teach me Hearthstone next, buddy. I really want to. It's real. It's real simple, and that's the good thing. I was originally my first Twitch streams was me playing my first ever games of Hearthstone to try and kind of draw people into it and explain that at the very beginning it's pretty simple because if you just land in the middle of an experienced Hearthstone player's game, it's bewildering. So a lot of the time I like to broadcast stuff like we did when we were playing Dying Light. It's like, here we are, we've just put the game in for the first time. This is what your experience is going to be like. And that's how I like to use Twitch. Now, Matt, we're reaching that point where inevitably, and you know this because you listen to the show, Joe's going to come up with some ridiculous game that he's going to force you to play, which has no prize attached to it and is likely to just embarrass you. 
Do you know what? I'm thrilled. <laughs> but before we get to that, you've got a game for our listeners. Ah, yes. Now, this is a real simple one. Um, this is, uh, the game is called Matt Broughton. Well, originally it was going to be called Matt Broughton's Which Game Was That? But then, one, I thought we were on Twitch, and two, we can swear. So the game's called Twitch Game Was Twat. <laughs> this is going to be uh, to see exactly how dedicated myself and Joe's tiny, tiny audience are. I'm going to give away two tech sacks. And if you don't know tech sacks, they're like these gorgeous little uh, kind of beanbag pillows where you can balance your tablet. Because I watch a lot of Twitch sitting in bed with my little iPad propped up. So. I'm going to give one away to the first person that gets onto hashtag EPTNotLive with the correct answer. And then what I'm going to do is have a second prize. All the people that get it right, just before your next recording, I'll randomly draw another winner from that. And that way you guys can let people know who's won. So we've discussed myself and uh, Joe playing a zombie game uh, called Dying Light. And unlike most people, their first instinct is to run into the street with a, with a, you know, with like a piece of wood or a pipe and start knocking zombies around. Joe couldn't even leave the first room until he'd opened every drawer and cupboard <laughs> looking for little knickknacks and ashtrays. And what I've discovered is that myself and Joe have the same gaming OCD where we daren't leave the room in case we... There could be good stuff in there! There could be like a machine gun! You don't know! And I'm saying to Joe, get outside, man. There's loads of zombies. We can have some fun. We can smash them up. We can set fire to them. He's like, hang on a second. There's a cupboard over there I've not looked in. <laughs> and just to be clear, you're actually streaming this on Twitch. Yes. The audience is waiting for you to start giving the it to some is, zombies. The, the audience is watching me search a kitchen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to build an audience. <laughs> we have spent five minutes watching cutscenes and narrative, and now here comes the action. No, no, he's over there pulling open the drawers in the back bedroom. <laughs> just in case there's a machine gun in there. But the reason we had this conversation was we were discussing there was another game that myself and Joe played where we both had the same OCD issues of collecting every bucket, ashtray, pen, piece of paper. And the question for the quiz is simply, what was the name of the game that myself and Joe discussed where we brought forward our OCD tendencies? First person to get it right is going to get a tech sack. All other correct entries I'll put into a random drawer and uh, I'll get you guys to announce it on the next broadcast. Cool. So remember to tag your tweets, EPT Not Live, if you can name the game that was discussed when Joe and Matt were streaming a couple of weeks ago. Okay, Broughton, your turn to play a game now. Okay, bring it on. Can't wait. I don't know why there's a Chinese gong. I just hit the wrong key. No big deal. <laughs> All right, Sorry, so it's not that it's really not that clever of a game this time. I just know that you are a Joe. Joe, they're never that clever. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. Well, this one has no gimmick to it at all. I just know that Matt loves video games, and Matt's worked in the video game industry before. Um, and so, basically, I just have, like, uh, it's eight questions, video game trivia. It's simple. Okay. Go, all right, Matt, me. here we go. 14 truckloads of what game were reportedly dug up in the New Mexico desert in 2014? E.T. That is correct. Now, Matt, you were around not necessarily in that era, but... Soon, soon thereafter. Is it true that the ET game almost bankrupt the Atari Corporation? Yes, yes, it did. I actually worked for Atari for many years. It was one of the first ever licensed video games. You know, they do it all the all the time these days, movie movie titles and and TV shows. But they spent so much on the license, had to get it out in a matter of days because the film was going to break, and they would have missed all the marketing opportunities. And it nearly took the company down. Wow! So just all these unsold copies just got buried in the desert. 
It was yeah, like a symbolic they just thing. Didn't know what else to do with them. Yeah. Don't forget they were physical cartridges back then. These great yeah. big plastic lumps, horrible things. I actually had the ET game, and it was it. The story checks out. It's fucking horrible. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's a complete dump. Terrible. Yeah. It's like a CFAX page from the. Oh, I miss CFAX. Question two. The Nintendo DS is the highest-selling handheld gaming system of all time. What is the lowest? Oh, that's a good question, mate. The lowest handheld one. Um, there was a Game Boy. There was like a Game Boy one that was a 3D thing. You had to kind of put your face into it. Oh, yeah, that was Virtua Boy. Virtua Boy. Um, uh, I, I don't know, so I'm going to say the Neo Geo. According to Wikipedia, now you're an expert. According to Wikipedia, the answer was the Atari Lynx. Oh, yeah, no, I had, I did have one of those because I have to. Uh, <laughs> I, but no, I can. Do you know what? I don't know that to be true, but that sounds very believable. You're one and one, Matt Broughton. Question number three: Which of the following is not in the series of Sim games? Okay. Sim Tower, Sim Ant, Sim Tunes. Sim Factory. Sim Tower. Sim Tower is incorrect. Oh. Sim Factory was the one I made oh, up. Oh, do you know what? That, that was, that, do you know what? I should have gone my instincts. I feel like Johnny Lodden. I feel like <laughs> the instincts took me to Sim Factory, but for some reason I, I outthought myself. I thought Joe would have made the first one he said, the false one, so I forget about it. You loddened oh. it. You bloody loddened it. Loddened the fuck Fold. out of it. Fold. I, I actually had Sim Tower. It was the office building one. Well, I thought that, but then I thought, no, there was like a, there was a little app, there was a little game like that with a tower, and maybe you were trying to trick me. All right, here we go. Number four, question number four. What was the first game to use the Konami code? Oh man, that's that's a good one. Uh, I actually wanted to make this question: How many games use the Konami code? And there were too many for me to count. Like I just couldn't even physically count them. So. The first game were up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. <laughs> uh, do you know, I, I, I have no idea. I've used that on so many games, I have no idea what the first one was. Hit me, Joe, tell me. Gradius. Or Gradius. I don't know how you guys would oh, say Gradius. it. Oh, Gradius. Yes, yes. Okay, yep. No, I take that one on the chin. I feel foolish. Okay, here we go, Matt. Number six. Question number six. What is the highest selling console game of all time? It's Ooh. not obvious, actually. Is it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Incorrect. I'll give you another guess at this one. Uh, Zelda Legend of Ocarina. Also incorrect. It's, oh. it's, it's Wii Sports. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Gosh. Hold on, let me double check. It's Wii something. I, just, I, I didn't write the answers down. Give me one second. No, no, Classic Stapleton game. So we're working but, from but your memory. It is Wii Sports. Yeah, it's I'm, Wii Sports. No, but I'm sorry, I'm going to... Uh, James, adjudication, adjudication, because Wii Sports was bundled with all of the original Wii consoles, but they still took that into their sales numbers, and I'm afraid I don't find that to be fair. Okay. All right. Well, give me the next one, then. The one oh. that was... I mean, but the thing Wii is, Sports a lot too. of games... <laughs> Wii Sports 2. Uh, it, according to Wikipedia, it's Tetris first, but mobile, it's counting mobile there, so we're not counting Tetris. Then Wii Sports, then Minecraft, but that's across several platforms, and then Grand Theft Auto 5. 
I think it's well, fair to say, Matt, that you don't get a point there, right? I don't get you, a point. You've only I'm got, you've got one question correct so far. Oh, oh dear, good, good. We're in Jason Mercia territory. <laughs> Matt, what video game featured the Beastie Boys, Bill Clinton, and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air all as playable characters? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I want to play that game right now. Um, well, it sounds very American-centric to me. So, was it one of the uh, the the NBA games? Correct. NBA Jam is correct. Bill Clinton. Yeah, you can play as Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Al Gore. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, Matt's Matt's redeeming himself. Last last question here. Matt, which comic book video game was originally banned in the United Kingdom? It should have been the Superman one, Friend 64, but unfortunately oh, that God, one made it through. Oh my God, that was that was dreadful. I actually did the PR for that, so keep. Wait, it you did? Yeah, yeah, I did. James, that. this game is so bad. You play as Superman, right? And you don't do anything but fly through rings. <laughs> what? It's the only thing you could do is fly through rings, and also the end of the game, they're like, "Oh, by the way, it was all a dream." Oh man, that was awful. That was the worst game I had. The first the first N64 game I marketed was Duke Nukem, and that was great. And the second one they gave me was Superman. And obviously <laughs> for me, I'm like, oh my god, Superman. Let's load this bad boy up and take a look at it. Ooh. Okay, serious question, and I might give you an extra point if there's an interesting story here. Okay. Um, how do you market something like that? You've got to do the PR for it. How do you sell a lump of shit to people? You basically pretend that there's no playable code until the very, very end. So you basically work off the most awesome screenshots you can get. You find the guys in the magazines and the, and the websites that are really into superheroes, and they're just super pumped about it anyway. And then you'll do one exclusive deal with one magazine. So by the time the, 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 the game hits the shelves, only one magazine has seen it. So that when they give it like 52%... Oh, we lost them. The, the people at... Uh... At acclaim, at acclaim games have cut him off. <laughs> there are ways around the problem of having a crap game, I can tell you, sir. That's uh, that's actually really interesting. I've heard that they do that. That they, you know, when there's no early reviews, it's really a bad sign. Bonus points yeah. to Matt Brown for yeah. his awesome PR spin doctoring skills. Thanks very much. Okay, Bye. we're still waiting on this answer. Though. Which comic book video game was originally banned in the United Kingdom? In the United Kingdom, which. Oh, are you able to give me like a year? Can you give me any kind of direction era-wise? It is uh, in the in the mid two thousands. Was this one? Bear, bear with me a second. The tension's almost bearable. I know, I know. It's all right. You can edit this out. We're, we'll pretend I was instant when I come in with a correct. No, answer. no, 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 no. We're, we'll, if anything, we'll lengthen it. No, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna let you hang here, buddy. Put in some music. Um, do you know what? I I I just don't know. I just don't know. Just just I just give up. The Punisher. The Punisher oh. video game originally deemed too violent for here in the UK. Did you ever play that one? I don't remember that I did, to be it's honest. It's great. There's these scenes where you can interrogate someone, and this little Punisher symbol comes up, and you'll be, like, near a bandsaw. And if you press the right oh, button, yes. you, like, put the guy's face into the bandsaw. I can understand why it was banned, because it was really gnarly. Yeah, no, I, I do totally remember that. I just I just think I kind of looked at it and went, meh, and moved on to the actual next best game that came in. Uh, Matt Broughton, you scored three points, and one of those points was for your skills as a dark arts oh, PR person. Oh, for you! <laughs> I'm happy, I'm happy. Do you know what? I didn't get a zero, and we, we got to have a lovely time together, so it's a win-win, really. We did. Just before we let you go, remind everyone of the question, which could win them a tech sack. 
Yes, okay, so myself and Joe on our little gaming podcast talked about a game that both me and Joe had played where our OCD tendencies meant that rather than being able to spend most of the time playing the game, we just went around opening cupboards and drawers <laughs> and looking underneath furniture for any extra ashtrays and buckets. What was the game discussed? Tag your tweets, EPT not live. The first right answer will win a tech sack. Uh, all other correct answers, I will randomly draw one out and we will work that out for you. Matthew, Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, we will reunite in Barcelona for the start of season 12. Indeed, gents. It's been a pleasure. Keep up the good work and I will see you for season 12. See you on Twitch, Maddie. Catch you later, big boy. And of course, Barcelona is actually a lot sooner than you think. End of August. And it looks like the full schedule for EPT 12 Barcelona is going to be released very soon. For all I know, it's going to be up on the EPT website by the time this podcast is published. But something came out this week, right? Uh, Last week, they revealed what they're calling the key dates. Because obviously at each festival, we're talking about 70 different tournaments. But there's always the big ones, the headline act, if you like, the main event, the high roller, the super high roller. So they've released all of the dates for the headline act for the entire season for every single event bar that one between Dublin and the grand final because we don't know where that's going to be we've got a donut but what we do know and remember in Monaco Joe they tried something new in addition to the super high roller which is a three day tournament they introduced a one day super high roller which was a 50k buy-in in Monaco as far as I can see this one day super high roller or this single day standard high roller is now a fixture of the tour and is at every single event. So in Barcelona, for example, first leg, you've got the three-day super high roller, which is a 50,000 euro buy-in. There is a single-day super high roller, which is a 25k buy-in. I think this is going to work. I think that for some reason, people, not people, because I'm not a huge fan, but the players love their high rollers these days and they seem to have endless amounts of money to play high rollers and super high rollers and one-day super high rollers. I think, I think they're going to do just fine, attendance-wise. And one of the reasons why it's there, and let's use your friend Philip Sternheimer making his third consecutive appearance by proxy <laughs> on the show. Uh, he is someone who has a full-time job. He wants to play High Roller events, but I know the reason we haven't seen him for a while is the Super High Roller is a three-day tournament, and that's a lot of time when you factor in travel days to take off from work. If it's a single-day event, and it falls on a weekend, boom, everyone's happy. And he can also probably parlay it. Like, if he does get a couple days off, he can probably do two tournaments rather than just one. Sure. So let's look at Barcelona, for example. It kicks off with the Estrellas main event on the 19th of August. There is an Estrellas high roller on the 23rd of August. The EPT Festival proper starts on the 22nd of August with the aforementioned 50k super high roller. The main event, which is a six-day event, starts on the 24th of August. The single-day super high roller is on the 25th, so it falls on day 1B. So this is great for those high rollers. Day 1A, they can play the EPT main Day 1B, which would be normally a day off, they've got a single day super high Ooh, event. And what does this do? What does this do to the people that would typically play day 1A because they feel like the field's going to be a little softer that day because all the pros play day 1B? That's interesting. Well, chances are, if someone hasn't made the final table of the three-day Super High Roller, they're going to be playing day 1A of the main, right. and they're going to be playing the single-day Super High Roller, this 25K event, on day 1B. There goes your slightly softer day 1A. Yikes. Um, we still have the 10K 
standard high roller uh, which runs from the 28th to the, the 30th boring of old high roller and that's when the festival concludes so just to clarify malta has a single day high roller which is a 10k event prague has a single day super high roller which is a 25k uh dublin uh has the single day high roller at 10k the grand final same format as season 11 a 100,000 euro super high roller and a 50,000 euro single day shr event so much to play should so mu- point out by the way all these dates europeanpokertour.com ept.com you'll find them yeah. there and hopefully that full barcelona schedule will be out very very soon i think there's going to be i mean obviously we're talking about events here which cost tens of thousands of euros this is where you get to see where all the 300 200 500 right. euro events are scheduled do we know uh what what dates we're going to be there uh yes we are going to be live streaming the main event from EPT Barcelona. So there will be no super high roller coverage, sadly. We're only going to be in Barcelona for five days this year. Uh, We are going to be there from the 25th to the 30th. Uh, So we're going to be streaming from Wednesday the 26th to Sunday the 30th, and that's going to be five days of main event coverage on EPT Live, from day two through to day six, which is the final table. The 25th, I'm just putting it in my calendar now. Travel day 25th, travel back 31st, live stream 26th to the 30th. Okay, excellent. Thank you, James. Travel day. You know, I do want to go back into the lobby for a second, if I can, James, just to... Whoops, that's not where where the music... There it is. Back in the Poker Stars lobby, I did mention we were playing like a Zoom challenge, and I just wanted to tell people where in the client they can find it. So Poker Stars 7, everyone's using it at this point. This little thing in the upper right corner with a target, a bullseye, it says challenges. And under that, you can find fun little stuff that you can do to win like bonus tickets. Oh, so these are like tasks to complete yeah, and you exactly. get something for it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so uh, right now it's still, there's a seven deuce challenge. Uh, win a Zoom cash game with the seven deuce as whole cards. Uh, and then you can get in the seven deuce turbo free roll. It's 250K added. It's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar free roll. That's crazy. Yeah. So all you have to do is like. So what happens is, every time you complete it, uh, you get a thousand chips. So you can start the tournament with up to ten thousand chips, or with as little as a thousand chips, I believe, is how it works. So, uh, and there's new ones of those every week. So that one's still uh, going until June seventeenth. <clears throat> I'll try to give that a shot this week on high stakes poker and see how much money I can lose doing that. So no poker gigs for us at the moment, Joe. I guess our next business trip is going to be the Daniel Party in Toronto, end of July, beginning of August. If you could call it that. Uh, But you are still gigging in the UK for as long as you're living here. And you went outside of the M25 circle for the first time. Event Recap. Event Recap. Would you like me to explain the music choice? Please. So I knew you went to the West Midlands, yep. right? So I'm thinking, what music do you associate with the West Midlands? And there's a track by the Specials called Ghost Town. Okay. And the Specials are from the West Midlands. But we can't play the Specials because it's licensed music. So, of course, I went on our good old friend Audio Networks and found a track that sounds a bit like Ghost Town by the Specials. Nice. Okay. I didn't understand. I didn't follow any of that, but... Whatever. It's a strange, confusing world here in the UK for me. Uh, yeah, so I uh, 
I went far. I went far for this gig. The furthest I've gone thus far. Uh, I was invited by a fan named Carl Swain. I was always posting online. This, this is bugging me. I know you can take it out later, but it's bugging me. Uh, there's a fan online uh, who's always like, oh, are you ever going to play the West Midlands? And I was like, well, I don't know what that is, buddy, but have stage, will travel. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to set it up. He set up a gig for you. Yeah. And so he puts me in touch with his buddy named Hollybush Dave, because Dave owns a place named the Hollybush. Yeah, Bush. Uh, Dave runs like the biggest comedy night in town at his pub. And uh, typically comedy's on Thursdays, but he'll start, he'll create a special night for you. If you want to come up on a Friday or a Saturday. And I was like, well, shit. So okay. this is the Joe Stapleton Invitational. Yeah, pretty much. And so uh, I was like, okay, I'm in. And we worked out a date and uh, we decided when I was going to come up. And uh, it's really funny because my favorite podcast host of all time is this guy named Adam Carolla. And Carolla tells a story about how one time he let a listener pick him up for the airport. He was like complaining on the air about like how early I had to go to the airport. This was like, I'll take you. And I've no and he's like, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> I felt a little bit like this as I was pulling into, uh, into Sandwell and Dudley station. Now I I'm going to say this, James, the train station where I was going in, in Cradley Heath, the train station was sad. Literally the initials for were S A D. So I was like, I do not know what to expect from this place. Did you feel a little bit like the pre-credit sequence of Once Upon a Time in the West, this deserted station, and you pulled up in the middle of nowhere? I felt like it could be that, because another guy tweeted at me and said, I hope that you bring your Bible and some holy water, because that place is a hellhole. <laughs> and so I was really expecting, to wor expecting the worst, and then when I got off the train, all I could think was, this is like a really cute, pretty normal suburban working class town like i'm not it wasn't like beverly hills but it also wasn't scary in any way the people were really were really nice and kind and maybe like a little bu little bumpkiny but it it was fine it the was really fine of the uk I mean, look, they meets a, joe stapleton for the first time they had a big shopping mall with a sainsbury's in it i mean come on how bad could it be right yeah, how bad could it be they, they had a sainsbury's they had a yankee candle company i mean it reminded me of most towns in america well i'm I, I don't want to f skip forward too much because i'm sure you've got stories to tell but i'm really fascinated to know how your material went down outside of london because even though we're talking about what 100 miles i think there'll be a very big difference in the comedic sensibilities of those two audiences yeah basically so if i can answer this question now if you want uh well actually let me get to let me get to that when, when we get there in the story so i arrive and i let this guy pick me up at the train station and he picks me up with his 18 year old daughter uh, who apparently is also a big fan. And it's, I felt really bad because within a minute of being in the car, the guys tell me a bad beat story. Now, oh, no. so um, he takes me to a pub. We have a pint at a pub and then he drops me over my hotel, comes and picks me up uh, a few minutes later to take me over. Oh, and at, at the first pub, a couple guys come over. They can't believe I'm there. Um, they're like, you know, He's asked me a bunch of questions about poker and poker players, which I really don't mind answering questions about the tour and stuff like that. I'm happy to do it. There's a difference. You don't mind talking about poker. You just don't want to hear people's poker stories. You yeah. don't want, no one really wants to hear a hand history. No one really wants to hear a bad beat story. It comes with the territory, though, and you just got to got to up the tolerance level for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, bad beat stories are kind of like are kind of like my butthole. Like I mostly want to be putting bad beat stories out, but for the right person, I'll let something in. 
but that, we have to be really close. It has to be really oh intimate. God, that is a metaphor. So for James, for, really example, for example, I would let you tell me a bad beat story, James, okay. because you're one of those special people. Thanks. I'm so glad I'm allowed up your butthole. So anyway, he uh, he comes and picks me up back at my hotel and then takes me over to the pub, you know, so I can be there and his wife and his daughter are getting ready. And we have a couple drinks. And this pub owner, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is with the pub, but I will say that it was like, how can I say this in an offensive way? It was not the most modern of pubs um, and the, the space. Is it a bit like the pub they walk into in an American werewolf in London? I've never seen that movie, believe it or not. Um, I know. Wow. Ben, his head just whipped over here so hard. Producer Ben was like, no, 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 no. We're going to start. We're going to start doing movies that Joe Stapleton hasn't seen and should have seen. Trust me. That's low down the list. Yeah. I started it the other night and then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to watch swingers again. I've given up. I started buying you Blu-ray discs to try and I know, educate I you. And they're so on your fucking that. shelf. And you still haven't watched them. I know. I feel so bad. I feel terrible. I have movies that you bought me online, like iTunes movies, so many. Anyway. So, well, first of all, the place is really dark. And so I don't know if it's true or not, but I just assume that the pub owner is like too cheap to turn the lights on like during the daytime because, you know, it stays light really late now. Sure. So, you know, it was 830. It was still light out. There's no lights on in the pub and the pub didn't have taps. It was all canned beer. And the pub also, I don't think strange. I also don't think it had like running water, at least in the bar area, because <laughs> none of the drinks had ice in them at all. Like and everything was poured from bottles and cans. So it was like I was like, OK. Okay. Okay. And then, um, and then I realized before long that the show is supposed to start at eight thirty, and there's like four people. And now, unfortunately, Carl, my my buddy, my boy, who picked me up and arranged all this, he's like mortified. He's like just so apologetic, and he's just like apologizing up and down. I'm like, really, it's it's not a big deal. But I inside, I'm like shitting a brick. I'm like, oh man, like I, the train. I mean, the train ride itself was not cheap. It's it's uh, a, it's a select audience. Yes. Okay. So, but now I start. I'm like sweating, and then a few more people show up, and so maybe there's like I'd say there's maybe like 15 people total in the room, um, including bar staff and three comedians, um, and then everyone from Carl's family is finally there. They've all shown up, right? So uh, his wife, his daughter, his daughter's fiance, and the 18 year old daughter. All right. So things finally get underway and I'm kind of sweating it a little bit. And there's this great guy I met there named Al Rudge, who's like a, a, a comedy magician who's like laughing at this whole thing because he's like been through this before. He's like actually a paid act and stuff, but he's been through all this before. So then the uh, the MC tries to get things going and no one is paying attention. Oh, no. Like like everyone is having their own conversations. They're heckling, not in a mean way. But just in a like, they don't really understand. Uh, it's not an interactive show. And so um, the best part is that the stage was stairs. What? Exactly. And so when I say the stage was stairs, you kind of picture like like a little landing, like a portable staircase, right? That you maybe go up to and stand on. No, the, sta the stairs, which was the stage, was also the stairs leading down into the pub. Which means, yes, James, you're correct. Yes, James. You're the, blocking the entrance. The door is behind you. So if someone comes in late, if someone comes in, the in late, your act, they're going to have to walk past you. Yes, exactly. They have to walk past you. So people were like coming in. The next comedian goes on and he does a, a brilliant job sort of taming the natives. I mean, the natives were very restless. And this is a, this is a comedy magician. Uh, so you can only imagine like if he wasn't very good, yeah. just they would just run over him. Uh, he was great though and did a great job with that. How nervous are you by this point? 
I'm crazy nervous. I'm crazy nervous. And also like, I'm just feeling bad. I'm like texting my friends. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, whoa, stop being such a fucking dick. Like stop being such an asshole. These people are thrilled that you're here. Yeah, there's only like a dozen of them. I'm downplaying a little bit. There's probably 15 people, right? But like not the crowd I was hoping to play to surely but these people are fucking thrilled that the that you're here they're so nice all they want you to do is participate in this you know uh at this point like i just have like an epiphany and i'm like stop being such a dick these people just show them a good time show them be the person that they want you to be and show them a good time so i get real into it i go up there and i do my set and they were a completely captive audience I did not get heckled a couple times. Like real, some real drunk people high fived each other when I like, or tried to high five me. Like when I made a joke, they really agreed with, which I didn't take as heckling at all. They were just really into it. They hung on my every word. They laughed at everything. Now, one of the really London centric bits I do, I changed it to be all about England right. instead. And basically, I figured that they would like it if I made fun of London instead of like. So when I do the London jokes here, it's like with love. And then down there, I was like, boy, everyone in London's an asshole, aren't they? So everything went over great. Um, uh, we, things wrapped up probably about one o'clock uh, for comedy. And then I stayed there and drank and partied with those guys till four o'clock in the morning. I just hung out with them. All they wanted to do is keep putting Guinnesses in my hand. I kept drinking them, had a good time, got to know some really great people, just some real salt of the earth you know, just just real human beings and some real heroes too. Uh, and so, but one other lady experience happened. We're around like one thirty. These two drunk girls stumbled in who like found the last open bar in town. And one of them, despite the fact that I didn't ask, told me, I have a boyfriend or else I'd really want to kiss you right now, but I can't. But 20 minutes later, she did stick to her word of not kissing me, but she did bite me on the arm and tell me never to leave England. She was like, don't go. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't leave the bar. Don't leave Cradley Heath. Don't leave the UK. And she's like, all of them. And I was like, okay. Do you, I think, it, do you think many of these people have ever seen an American before? I think that's part of it. I actually don't think they get a ton of Americans there. And I think there's just something about the accent. Something about my lack of accent that, uh, that, did, uh, that, that made everyone fall for me so hard. But in the end, it was a really rewarding experience. I was really glad that I went. I was being kind of a diva at first, being like, oh, what's going on with this in my own head? And then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And I, I, I feel like a better person for it. I feel like there was tons of life experience value and going to do this uh, and going to see it. Uh, but the embarrassing thing was, so that whole story I just told on the air, that was the long text I sent. To the you, girl, I like. you actually summarized that entire story. In yeah, a text. and it, using a lot of the same wording that I just used about. Uh, yeah, yeah, know, I can now understand why but, you freaked but, her out. Buttholes and yeah, and no, I can, I can totally understand stuff like that. Yeah, was you've all you've in, destroyed your chances there. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that relationship is never going to get. That's off pretty the much done. But luckily for you guys, what that means is I have more time to focus on doing stuff for the show. Now, as usual, I did pull a very short clip. Of it, because I don't like to give away too much of my stuff, but I'll play you guys one of the jokes that I think went over fairly well here in uh, in in Cradley Heath. This is totally true, by the way. Uh, when I called O2, uh, I, I, I very briefly dated an actress in London, and um, she is the voice of the operator on O2. And when I heard her voice, it reminded me. I was like, oh, I'd really like to booty call her. 
But I can't because it ended badly. It ended like I didn't like I just fell off the face of the planet, so I feel like a dick. I don't want to get told off by texting her again. So I just I didn't I didn't want to do that. So what I did was I called up O2 again, and when she asked me for my account number, I just pressed zero a bunch of times. So I could just at least hear her go, oh, 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 oh. Someone was really into that one. Yeah, that's the two guys in the front were, were trying to get a round of applause going and then high-fived each other. So I don't know if they've done that before. I don't know if that's like their style of, uh, of cheap porn up in, uh, in the black country. That's what they keep referring to themselves as. They, oh, just tapes is in the black country. Welcome to the black country. And I was like, why do they call it that? And he was like, hold on. I think I have crickets somewhere here. He was like... Anyway, thank you so much, Carl. Thank you, Carl and George and Dave and, and Ben and all the people I met, Rona, everyone, you guys were fantastic. And I genuinely hope you didn't listen to this. But if you did, thank you. Well, I'm glad you had a rewarding experience in the West Midlands, Joe. And now it's time to reward an EPT superfan. It's time for everyone's favorite game. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So last week, Joe, we went across the Atlantic and spoke to Glenn Weber in Canada. This week, we're going within a mile of my house. I live in Putney in southwest London, and just down the road in Wimbledon is a chap called Andy Gibbons. Hello, Andy. Hey, folks. How are you? Andy Gibbons, my boy, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for being such a loyal supporter of EPT and Play on Poker Stars. Uh, is this one of the guys that always tweets in Team Putney? No, that's okay. Liam. Different guy. No. Uh, Team Wimbledon. Team, Team Wimbledon. Team Wimbledon. <laughs> different town, different borough. We're, we're, on, we're on peaceful terms. Different it's, it's, forms it's of currency like, here like there's in the a UK. Berlin Wall between the two of us. We, uh, we, we have a beautiful 93 bus connection. And, uh, all is good. <laughs> oh, it's and, all about the buses. And the district line. Uh, yeah. Okay, I am going to unwrap the questions for this week's Superfan versus Tapes competition. I haven't figured this out yet. Do we want music while we play the game or not? Don't, don't, we'll fix it in post. Okay, fine. Um, Andy, we have a game here. Okay. Called, did you listen carefully? Because all of the questions. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can it's... I pause this? For... I want to know a little bit about Andy. Andy. Yes. What do you What do you do? Tell me a little bit about you. I'm sorry. I just wanted to get to know this guy a little bit. So I work uh, for Sky TV. Oh. Um, uh, on uh, on Sky Atlantic. Oh, that's um, the best one. It is. I think so. And I, I do all their digital stuff. So their Twitter, their Facebook. Um, and the website, uh, all of that sort of thing. So you tweet for Sky Atlantic? Yes, most of the time. So when I've talked about Sky Atlantic shows and had my tweets either retweeted or replied to, that would be you doing that? That would be me, yeah. Oh, wow. That is fucking awesome. Oh, my God, I'm going to tweet at you. After the next time a <laughs> child gets burned on Game of Thrones, and be like, that episode was awesome. Just you wait for, for the finale on Monday. Have what? you seen it already? I can't talk about it. I'm, I have signed an NDA. But uh, wow. all I'll say is Monday night is a, it's a very, obviously, yeah, the, episode 10, the finale is a big Two episode. children get burned. <laughs> Twice the child burning. Well, that's awesome, Andy. I'm glad I asked. That's interesting. He's real people. And obviously, yeah. you did. I hope you listened to last week's show, Andy. Because I did. Oh, excellent. Because, Joe, the questions all relate to last week's podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I know what people are thinking. So, well, hang on. Joe hosted 
last week's podcast. Yeah, but his memory's shit. Not very so good. it's 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 going to be very much a level playing field. And just as we did last week, I've got playing cards, which are going to decide who gets what question. And Andy, you're going to get to go first because the okay. super fans are the reigning champions. Glenn Webber needed a lot of hand holding and a lot of help. Hopefully, you're going to cut through without any assistance. Um, the first card I flipped over is the Eight of Hearts. So you get question eight first off. Question eight. Which Game of Thrones characters did I claim tilt the shit out of me? Uh, I, if I didn't know this, I would have to quit my job. Uh, that would be Sam and Gilly. Yes, correct. So Andy is 1-0 up already. Joe, your first question is... Question I would have known that one, by the way. I would have known that one, okay. just for the record. Let's what see. about Baby Sam, though? You don't like Sam and Gilly, but Baby Sam? Uh, yeah, he, he can be thrown in the same batch. Okay. All babies are just like, well, what horrible way is this baby going to perish? So Precisely. I prefer none of them be around. Joseph, you have drawn question three, and the question is, what was Jason Somerville's final score in Know Your Itches? Um... Jason's final score in Know Your Itches was three and four. Incorrect. And Andy, you can uh, you can steal for a point. I have a good feeling about this today. Uh, I think it was 6-1. It was 6-1. He goes 2 Well up. done, Andy Gibbons. Uh, your next question, Andy, the four of hearts. Question four. How many times did we activate the whole pope? What would happen now if I said activate the whole pope? Uh, you don't have that it, power. You, don't, uh, you have the button in front of you. Nice try, Andy Gibbons. Yeah. Answer uh, the question. Okay, I think, I think it was four. It was four times. And Andy goes 3-0 up. Joe, come on, get on the board here. Get on the board here. It's your bloody show. You should I didn't know, know he was going to be like a smart person with a real job. <laughs> two hearts. Question two. Joseph. Which sadly neglected Star Wars character did I decide was most deserving of an action figure? Um, I know who I decided. Who did James decide? I gave a prize. I gave a t-shirt. It was for uh, the doctor, the doctor, uh, Dr. Pigface. <laughs> he may have a pig face, but that's not his name. Andy, you can steal. Good thing is I fucking love Star Wars. So it was Dr. Cornelius Evasion. Yes, it was. Nerd alert. <laughs> Thank you. I'd take that. Yeah, but not being funny. If they're, if they're a super fan, Joe, they're going to be nerds. It's that simple. Oh, James. good for you. Yes, Andy. James, did you say that Wedge never had a figure? Not from the original Kenner line, no. So do, do you think Ewan McGregor absolutely needled the shit out of his uncle every Christmas about these? Because he would have had a whole raft of Obi-Wan Yeah, Wan but stuff. by the point we get into the 1990s, everyone had an action figure. Yeah. It's not the same thing. The original action figure line, to me, are the Star Wars figures. And you do realise that I'm going to get so much shit from our executive producer for this conversation, because she bloody hates me talking about Star Wars. We'll just send her a basket of apology, kittens. Sorry, Francine. Enjoy these kittens. Okay. Okay, put them away. Andy, your next question is question number seven. Which VIP status did Joe achieve while playing the Sundays? I think we're on parity, Joe. I think you're a Chrome star. That is correct. Correct. 5-0. This, this could be a whitewash. I'm getting shellacked. This could be superfan domination. Joseph, question number six. Yeah. Oh, if you don't get this, I'm going to punch you in the face. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Which poker player left Joe to pick up his bar tab at Grace Sternheimer's birthday party? 
Kamal Chiraria. He's finally on the board. He's finally earned himself a point. It had to take something that actually happened to me. Um, spoiler alert, Andy, you're going to win, but let's see if you can get all your questions correct. Question five. How much did Joe claim his brand new dysfunctional computer cost? Uh, I think I'm such a nerd, but I don't mind at all. I think it was 3000 Got it to the penny. Actually, <laughs> it was fucking 3000 <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Shall I re-answer? And Joe, your final question. Question one. Which song is available for a limited time only as the special bonus track on Now That's What I Call EPT Volume 2? Now, this is so fucked up, James. This is so fucked up. Because you put that shit in the show after we were done recording. You know I don't listen to it. You know I'm never going to know the answer to that. I haven't heard it. I don't even know what the fucking thing is. So no. You know what? No. I abstain. I abstain from answering this question. (laughs) I abstain. Andy, you did listen to the show. Do you know what the special bonus track was? I do. And I'm not sure if I like myself for it. Um, (laughs) Uh, is it, it's the EPT-10 rap. <laughs> it is the EPT-10 rap. Uh, that is the very definition of a shellacking. 7-1, the final score. Andy, you are very deserving of a Step C ticket worth 27 euros and an exclusive Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Thank you. I, I'm, not, I'm not even sorry. I, Andy, that was awesome. I mean, that was... We have not... That was a clean sweep. Can I just point out that when we actually created this segment of the show, when we created the quiz, this is what it was meant to be every single week. It's taken us 11 episodes to get to this point where a super fan crushes Joe Stapleton. So thank uh, you. You're very welcome. Again, I, you know, I'm not even sorry. <laughs> no, man, aces in this spot. I would have a total art on right now. <laughs> Andy, thank you very much for being on the show. Congratulations and enjoy your prizes. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep it up. That is it. You got owned. Yeah, I did get owned. Finally. Thank God I didn't have to throw one for once. Like all the other ones I've lost. I've definitely lost (laughs) on purpose. Uh, That's it. We're done with this week's show. I did want to give a quick shout out. It's a little late to Nikki Petrangelo. We want a bracelet. I mean, come on. Used to come by and visit all the time. Now you win a bracelet. You're too good. Come on. Come on, Nikki Petrangelo. Congratulations to Nikki. Uh, We are back on TV on the 28th of july everyone asks me every single week i know it's a long break i think it's the better part of three months uh during the summer no shows on tv or on youtube 28th of july is when the pca starts on channel 4 in the uk the very next day the 29th of july those shows will be available to the rest of the world on the poker stars youtube channel Excellent. Uh, coming up next week more high stakes poker i think i'm gonna run a competition i'm gonna let people design my background and if they do, if they use one, if I use one, I'll pay them. I'll make it. I'll make it worth a couple of bucks to them. Don't forget, we got Matt Broughton's contest running as well. Tag your tweets EPT not live. That's the same hashtag to use, by the way, if you want to apply to be on Superfan versus Stapes. And there will probably be a no event recap this week, other than the fact that I'm going to my very first English festival. This is a music festival. Yes, I'm going to the Download Festival. Okay, so if Joe manages to return from said festival, we'll get a full event recap. And I'm, it's in Derby. 
which is apparently spelled Derby. I was going to say, well done for pronouncing it correctly. Derby. Didn't do the classic American thing of, I'm going to Derby. Merry Christmas from Derby. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to my fest. I go to my first festival, so I should have some interesting things. I'm camping and everything. I found a friend who's got a tent, and we're doing it. We're really doing it. So, And, of course, uh, stick around, guys. That's all the time we got for today's show. But after I uh, I, I kick it on down to get out of, out of Hearsville, uh, stick around if you want to listen to my Twitch highlights music video that I made from last week's High Staves Poker. We are out of time for James Hardigan. I am Joe Stapleton saying, smell you later. Guys, we're either gonna win a, win a decent pot or lose a huge one here. No, we win. We win. Ace is good again. Unbelievable. We're getting all these freaking uh, accumulator points. Unbelievable. Do you guys see that? How many aces? How many aces are in this deck? <laughs> Look at that. Pocket aces again, guys. Who can believe it? Who can believe it? Aces every time. It's unreal. Like, how does that? How does he do it? How does he get aces every hand? Look, I'd rather be lucky than get. Oh my God, aces again! This is the kind of poker I play, guys. This is the kind of poker I play. Now we fold. I don't know what my hand is, but we're gonna play it like we have aces. That's also this is what I do. I'm a lazy poker player. I just hit half pot. I don't try and fold a bunch of numbers and pick the bet sizes. Oh, we just got raised. Well, we're gonna play like we have aces, so we gotta raise them back, right? Twenty-two dollars. What do you think of that, sir? Oh, he calls. Shit. Well, that didn't go so well. That didn't go so well. I'm up for other ideas, though, guys. You guys see me scratching my balls there, probably. Whoops. Whoops. How do I have aces every hand? The thing is, it's a mathematical improbability, but not an impossibility that I could get. Aces every hand. It's like if you take an infinite number of monkeys and give them an infinite number of Shakespeare's, eventually one of them is going to affect the typewriter. And so it is mathematically improbable that I would get aces every hand, but it is possible. This guy Sean John over here asks if I do comedy. Is this, is this a level? Is this a kappa? Are you gonna kappa me? We just blasted in this. Oh, but we got there. We fucking got there so hard, everyone. This is unbelievable. That was so lucky. <laughs> Boom! Go live your life. You don't need to sit here and watch this. Go live your life. Ooh, we've hit this flop pretty hard once again. Once again. We're real run so good. You guys are my lucky Twitch audience. You, all of you have to be here every time. Did we crack aces? Nope. We just got counterfeited. Ah, suck a fat one. Suck a fat... Fat, fatty, fat, and you guys can see what happened. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Got us on the turn. Got us on the turn. Unbelievable. Okay, well, that's one third of our bankroll gone in the first half hour. What can we do? What can you do there? That's it. Nothing you can do. Let me get a little frisky here. Fuck the gut shot. Bluffing huge here, guys. My conscience. Or are we? Or do I have it? Or do I? Or do I? Carabo! 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 Am I getting slow over here? Am I having quads? No, he calls the queens. Nice call. Well, it doesn't matter in Zoom. Uh-huh. Shit. 
That was a mistake. That was an error on my part. I really didn't mean to do that. I got a little click happy there. God damn it! God damn it. We were up. We were up on our second buy, and that was foolish. God, guys, I feel bad because the thing is, I actually I don't care about winning because I don't want the money, but I just don't want to look like an idiot and I feel stupid over the not the first way I lost my first buy, but the way I've lost my profit at least. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. And you know what I do when I feel like I'm playing bad? Play more hands. It's the only way that you can win your money back is to play more hands. Play more hands. You just gotta chase. Have you ever heard of that? Chase. The thing is, you can't you can't win what you don't play. So you gotta just play more hands. You just gotta chase. Have you ever heard that? Take some time to make decisions, man. You rush a little bit. I think it's called Zoom Poker, brah. the first poker stream where the streamer can show you how to redeposit. That is that is true actually. There's a good chance I break my account tonight. Because once I get going, once I get going. Alright, we're gonna try to play good. We're gonna try to play good. This is my third buy this is technically <laughs> this is technically supposed to last me the rest of the night guys. So um yeah.